Welcome to the Psychology Club podcast, brought to you by Vicente Martinez High School. Hey guys, welcome back to the Psychology Club podcast. Today we have a special guest, um, Sean Sharkey. Give him a round of applause. All right, um, I'm Cassie. I'm Nick. I'm Drake. I'm Chris. I'm Alexandra. I'm Liz. All right, um, let's go ahead and get started with the question. So first question um, for you is, what is the mission of Feet First? So Feet First is uh, an organization, a nonprofit organization that was founded through FICOR MMA um, about three years ago. And um, our mission has been from the beginning to help anybody who uh, is having some challenges or difficult times in life. Um, we've worked with numerous populations and we're kind of now working towards uh, uh, youth. Um, working towards programs that prevent youth violence in schools. And that's really where our mission is now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you mind telling us how you founded Feast First? What inspired you to help others through boxing? Well, so again, Fight Corps has been around for close to 25 years, and we always had programs for kids in the community um, that were, say, maybe you know, economically challenged coming from different backgrounds. Um, and so we always had programs for, for, for youth. Um, however, about three years ago, uh, one of my members, Dan Dorsett, approached me um, and said that he thought that with some of the things that we were doing was pretty amazing, just the sheer numbers of kids that we were working with um, on a nonprofit basis. Uh, he thought that it would be cool to start a nonprofit, an actual organization, and we started it, and um, it started with uh, 12 kids. And starting for the new year of the new school year for 2019 2020, and this is a, a number that really hasn't been put out there yet, there's going to be 2,000 uh, children and teenagers in the program. 2,000, that number just started to materialize with agreements and contracts with numerous school districts from Oakland Unified School District to Mount Diablo Unified School District, Martinez Unified School District, and Antioch Unified School District. So it's going to total about 2,000 um, kids and teens for the coming school year. That's a pretty wow. wow. Yeah, it's a big number. It's a big number considering we started with 12. And really there was 12 about a year ago. Oh, and oh, that wow. first 12, by the way, was Vicente High School. Oh, oh. Huh. happy to help. I like that song. Yeah. All right. Even though I'm a part of the program, what are the boxing principles that you teach? So we teach basic boxing principles. Mm-hmm. Um, I've when we started putting the foundation together, you know, there was a lot of thought process going on. Well, because you know, fight corps, uh, jujitsu, uh, mixed martial arts, muay thai, boxing. It's, it's a conglomerative of, of, of disciplines and and so the question became well what are you gonna you know originally believe it or not it was we, I was going to teach jiu-jitsu to uh, to everybody and um, the thought of that was you know we started kind of like experimenting a little bit and just the magnitude of, of you know literally of bringing mats with you to schools it's a big deal. I mean, mats are heavy, and they take, you know, good-sized trucks to move. And yeah. during this whole process, we're, you know, we're doing a little bit of it at the gym. 
I started thinking, you know, why don't we just do something real simple like boxing? It's, it's kind yeah, of a boxing gets a lot easier than jujitsu. It's a lot yeah. easier, and, 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 and it's and a little you, more common too. It's a little bit more common. You can have, and, and you could take somebody with some maybe a physical issue, maybe if they have a bad knee or something like that. It's gonna be pretty tough to get on the mats and roll, but you can certainly, you know, put some gloves on and hit a mid or hit a bat or something like that. So yeah. we kind of started working towards boxing, and and I've always taught really, I've always been a believer in basics. No matter who I'm training, if I'm training one of my pros or amateurs or somebody in the program. We always work basics. That's what's really what's been our our cornerstone for all these years is mastering basics. So we just kind of moved that idea from fight court into feet first, and that's how it all started. Okay. So can you tell us more about your work with sexually trafficked individuals? Yeah, so that was one of our first populations um, that we started working with early on. Um, we were on a, um, a radio show. And the, the, the radio show is Love Never Fails. And um, it's a group out of Oakland um, that has a, a whole system in place with safe houses and stores and um, uh, medical help for these uh, young women who have been victimized from trafficking. So we were asked to be on this radio show, Dan and I. And so we went on the radio show. And all of a sudden, all these doors started opening to, to help out uh, trafficking victims. Um, to this day, we still have uh, a number of groups that we work with in private secured settings. Um, That's nice. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a very challenging uh, uh, population to work with, um, but it's, it's been very rewarding for us and for them. It's been a good mutual relationship. And to this day, I think we have like 30, 30 plus uh, young women in our program. Nice. Um, what improvement in mental health did you see? Well... We started a tracking system, an assessment tracking system, uh, that's now really starting to uh, evolve. Um, we started with a basic, like, I think, 20-question tracking, tracking uh, uh, paper that uh, participants would, would answer these questions. These are all questions that were developed through the state of California. And then what we would do is, you know, we'd track them maybe like on a monthly basis and see what their improvements were. And their improvements were staggering. Some of the numbers of improvements for like depression and anxiety and um, suicidal thoughts and um, many, many different categories uh, were improving at, a, at an incredible rate. Um, and so what we've done with that now is we've had a, we're in the, still in the process of, of having a very elaborate website built that's going to be able to track um, the progress of any participant that's entered into it. So the, a participant could be entered in through a social worker or through a school counselor or a teacher or a doctor or whoever, enter that data and that participant into the database, and then they can track them through this uh, computerized system. In fact, we've had help from Google, um, and this website is like a value of like $50,000, and they're just about finished with it now. So. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, how did they become comfortable talking? So, um, you know, we didn't know how that would work. Mm -hmm. uh, you, know, you know, me being, you know, a fight coach, fight trainer, um, I don't have a background in psychology. And, um, and so we just didn't know how that was going to all play out. But w when I was working originally with, with, with the women that had been through, you know, victimized and trafficking, um, 
it seemed so in the beginning they were coming to the gym still do um and it it felt like a very comfortable place for them and they i think they they got right out of the gate that they weren't being judged by anybody certainly not by me and i think they had this level of comfort um it took you know a few sessions and then all of a sudden you know we'd have these rap sessions and i don't pry in anybody's personal business if you want to tell me something you need to tell me you can tell me but i don't I don't, I'm not the type that's going to ask a bunch of questions for somebody, but they seem to, all the girls always seem to, uh, and still to this day, seem to, uh, um, you know, open up and have great conversations and, and just feel real comfortable in the program. That's nice. Um, can you talk to us about how boxing helps people overcome trauma? Yeah, so there is a, um, and I, you know, not coming from an education standpoint, but there is a direct correlation between um uh, alleviating uh, uh, trauma um, and the physical component of boxing. Um, there's also this component uh, between boxing and, say, Parkinson's disease patients. That's become a very popular subject now. But and in the same breath with trauma, uh, people who have incurred trauma. So, you know, as far as the actual medical terminologies and how that works it's very difficult for me to even understand it mm-hmm. um but we're seeing improvements we're seeing improvements in in our assessment questions and 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 we're working with psychologists and psychiatrists in different counties and uh they're telling us that uh, there's been a definite improvement that's really awesome okay all right this is one i think most people were are a little um are wondering about more how come teaching youth to boss does not lead to increased violence instead? Right. So, and that was a, that's an interesting question because um, that was brought up originally, right in the beginning. It was like, well, you guys are fighters. I mean, you know, this is what you guys do. And, and, then, and that is true. But if you look into, in, in, into the setting of a, of a fight gym, whether it's MMA or boxing or kickboxing, you, you see a lot of very calm Nonviolent individuals. Um, if, if you look at our top guys in, in my gym, I mean, you, these are extremely uh, passive people. Now, they train and they compete in a, in a violent sport, but at the same time, they're extremely passive. So there's an interesting crossover there. Uh, we started finding that to work with, with youth. Uh, started finding that you put them through these intense workouts, and the last thing they want to do is, you know, is be violent towards somebody. Yeah, I'll, I'll, sort of fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that I know plenty of people who wrestle and box, and they are the calmest people I've ever seen. Yeah, they're yeah. exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> That's also true. Um, let's uh, let's uh, talk about some fun facts. Can you talk about your connection to Thirteen Reasons Why? Connections to Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, so we were on um, HBO fighting on uh, a pay per view card on a Cinco de Mayo weekend in Las Vegas, and one of my guys. That I train and, and uh, coach and corner um, was on that big event. It was one of the biggest boxing events in history, and uh, the commentators had mentioned our gym, and you know they they give the backgrounds on everybody so they can have stuff to talk about during the fight. And so somebody from Paramount Pictures saw the fight, was watching the fight that night on pay per view, knew that they needed a boxing gym up here in Northern California because they were stationed out of Vallejo. They called me a couple of times. I never returned their phone call. I thought it was like some 
goofball calling me. It's like, yeah, I'm from Paramount Pictures. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. And I never even returned his phone call. They actually sent somebody to the gym to contact me. And he's like, you don't return your phone calls? I'm like, oh, is that real? <laughs> but anyhow, that's how it ended up. And uh, we signed a contract, and they filmed six different episodes at the gym. Now I gotta really see the, the show now. Yeah, it's just like, for those reasons. Season just for those two, reasons. season two's six Not separate episodes. <laughs> How does boxing help you personally? Well, I mean, I think it gives people confidence. It gives you self confidence. Um, obviously, when you have some level of physical conditioning, you're going to feel a little bit better about yourself. Um, and just your ability to protect yourself is always a positive. Uh, what kind of coping strategies do you have to handle stress? So we call it bag sprints. <laughs> oh. And bag sprints is, uh, is one of our favorite ways of, of coping with stress, and it alleviates uh, a lot of anxiety. And what we do is we, you, you punch the bag as fast and as hard as you can. Uh, Kathy's looking at me because uh, she's done it a million times. It's so tiring, it's, so it's but Kat, it works. <laughs> so it's Chris. But, yeah, it's tiring, but it works. And, and uh, we do these series of sets where you strike the bag as fast as hard as you can for numerous seconds. And then you break for a few seconds, you go back to it, and you do this for 10, 10, 15 times. And uh, we've found that it alleviates uh, symptoms of stress and anxiety. That's low-key torture. I'm not going to lie. My arms almost fell off. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little bit of torture. It works, though. It does work. If it works, it's not torture. <laughs> All righty. Does anyone say that boxing doesn't work for them? And then what would your response be to that? Well, you know, hey, it's not for everybody. You know, huh. I, I, I get that. It's, it's, it's not for everybody, you know. I mean, for, you know, for me... Um, you know, golf isn't my thing. So if you try to get me into a golfing program to alleviate my my anxiety, it probably wouldn't be a good fit. You know, but <laughs> no, I'll turn into Hulk Hogan on the golf course <laughs> yeah. if it goes wrong. I've right. thrown a bag into the water because of it. Right. So, what's your favorite workout music? Favorite workout music? Everybody knows that, right? Here, that goes to the gym. For me, it's Cuban. Mm -hmm. I like the Cuban music. Um, I've always enjoyed Cuban music, and um, and uh, it seems to be a kind of a kind of a uh, kind of a even sort of a feel for the gym because the gym either has like you know really intense hardcore rap or it has like hardcore rock, and both sides don't like the other one. But you put that on the Cuban music, everybody's like kind of cool with it. You know, it's kind of like Jamaican music, Cuban music. I actually haven't heard you play Cuban music in the gym. No? No, I haven't. He no. plays it all the time. I never. Unless somebody that Latin else music that you hear, that's that attention. Latin music that you hear is Cuban. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, got a different, it's got a different kind of uh, feel wow. to it. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> so, what do you enjoy about being a mentor? You know, I, I, I've, I've always kind of been a mentor. I, I, even when I was your guys' age, you know, and I was competing... Um, I always worked with other other kids, you know. Um, I just always liked it, you know. It's something I enjoy doing, and, and I've always enjoyed studying. Um, I don't have a formal education, but I do enjoy reading and studying. And um, I've just, I've always enjoyed helping people. Um, you know, I, 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 I do it personally through, you know, through training and through exercise um, and through martial arts. But... Uh, you know, I've just, I've always, uh, it's just, it's always been a good fit for me. And I've always, and I've noticed that uh, the kids, the older teens that are in our program who start mentoring younger kids in the program, uh, it helps them too. It helps them. 
Yeah, I, I've seen that happen in um, several other groups I've been a part of. I even did it in a drama group. Mm-hmm. I did it with 16 different boys, and now they've stayed in that program longer than I have. See, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, mentorship is the key. All right, well, thank you so much for answering our questions. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank right. you. Your questions. Huh? Your questions? Your questions. All of our, our questions. questions. All of your questions. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Oh, my God. We're not doing this now. Anyways, <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, watching this um, today's podcast. And thank you, Sean, for being here. Thank you very much. Yes. Appreciate it. Here's a little fun fact. If you ever feel stressed, just punch a bag. Yes, fun go fact. down to your nearest gym and just let it all out.